If a man don't have himself together by the time he gets 50, you want to look for somebody else. I'm going to just tell you that right off. I don't care how cute he is. So I told my daughters, we don't do Dutch when you go out. You don't go out Dutch. When some guy want to take you out, if he can't afford to feed you, don't go with him. Don't go Dutch even if you want to. Just make him pay. I don't, I'm kind of in between jobs right now. Well, if he's in between jobs, you ought to be in between phone numbers. This is Jerry G. Martin. Welcome to the light of the world. If you are a man, I want you to pay close attention to these messages. After the broadcast, be sure to stay tuned for some exciting things that we have coming up this weekend. In fact, it's not just for men, it's for the whole family. After this message today, we're going to share with you how you can come and be a part of what we're doing right here where your whole family can have a blessed time. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. God is looking for us to have a testimony in our society. Believers ought to be the best employees that people ever have. You ought to be praying for your company's success. You ought to be praying for your boss, praying for your co-workers, praying for the safety and viability of your company. You ought to be praying for God to give you wisdom to be successful wherever you are. The place ought to be blessed because you're there. The Bible says he wants you to be a blessing as you go out and a blessing as you come in. You're blessed because I'm here. Some people can't even invite anybody to church because your attitude's so bad on the job. They don't even know you go to church. You go to church. <laughs> Peter goes from our general society to our workplaces and to our family. And the opening section of chapter 3 deals with another unit of social structure, and that's the family. And that's where we're going to focus this morning. Peter directs six verses to wives' submission to their husband. And then he used one verse to talk to the husband about serving the needs of their wives, and that seems a little bit out of balance. Six verses to the wife, one verse to the husband. But in Peter's day, when a wife became a Christian, the potential for difficulty was much greater than if the husband became the believer first. A lot of these women in the church were coming to the Lord, and their husbands were not coming to the Lord. That was a problem in the church not just because their husband stayed home, because in that society, when women became Christians without their husband becoming saved, the women ran the risk of the husband being embarrassed or shamed by what was a view of an act of defiance by the wife. Your wife did what? She went and joined another religious group. She made that decision on her own. You didn't approve it. And so, there were some issues there in the church that Peter recognized and he was ab- addressing. One of the major struggles among a segment of our church is the management of the relationship between two married people, one of whom is saved and one is unsaved. One is saved and one is unsaved. And we still have that situation today. We have a number of women in the church who have committed their lives to the Lord and their husbands are unsaved. They they stay home. They don't go to church and they're not that interested. We have quite a bit of that in the church. 
we do not have so much the other way around. This is what I've noticed as the pastor. We have a lot of women that will attend church and their husbands do not. Whenever we find a man who is saved, there are very few, if any, men who are saved and attend churches, they're married and their wives do not attend. Almost every married man who saved wife attends church with them. If you don't attend with them, they go to somebody's church. On the other way around, it's not so much. The wife is saved. She loves the Lord. She attends church, but the husband does not. It causes problems in the family. The salvation and Christian lifestyle of one spouse can and often does put tremendous pressure on the marriage. Many believers find themselves in that state of helplessness when it comes to their relationships uh, with an unsaved spouse. Now, I'm just thinking about something. Um, Sister Kim mentioned that, uh, you know, we were, we were born and raised up on the church pews. And church today is a lot different. You know, we have drive-through church. We just have convenience church. We make it so it's convenient to you. Uh, we can't keep you too long. We got to get you in and out pretty quick. Uh, there's no Sunday night services hardly anymore. We used to have church on Sunday morning. Sunday school started at 9.45 and went to uh, 10.45, quarter to 11. Then we had, uh, had a little break, and then we had 11 o'clock service, and that went to uh, 1.30, 2 o'clock, and sometimes 3. Uh, then they let us out early sometimes because we had to go to a 3 o'clock service. And then we came back from the 3 o'clock service, and we came to Sunday night service. If that wasn't enough, we had Tuesday night service, and we had Friday night service. So we had church, and then when we got excited, we had a revival that went on for two weeks, every night. I remember one time, a man came to the church looking for his wife, and he dragged her out of the church and beat her up in the parking lot. When you gonna come home? It's because the old saints used to tell the women, uh, don't worry about it, it's better to obey God than man. You need to be at church, so she come to church, and. We didn't have any sensitivity to, to family life then because church started and we, we stayed there to 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And this man probably came home from work. His wife ain't home. She at church. He ain't ate. <laughs> He's not saved. Ain't had no meal. He's a one way. What's going on up at that church up there? And she said, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. Well, he was mad. I'm, I'm small. I'm looking at this. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, that was one of those situations. You have a, a saved person and an unsaved person in a marriage, and there's some conflict about worship and everything else. I wonder if somebody told her, honey, you need to stay at home with your husband sometime instead of coming to the revival every night. But no, we didn't tell him that. You need to be here every night. Every night, God's going to be moving in a supernatural way. I'm going to be walking the floor like never before, telling you things that nobody knows but you and God. Come tonight. Come tonight. Come tonight. Everybody, come tonight. Ooh, I got to get back there tonight. Oh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, we had a good time tonight, but tomorrow night is Holy Ghost night. Then the next night is supernatural divine healing night. It's going to be healing if you need a healing anywhere. Come tonight. So she's trying to make it there every night, causing problems in her family. Now, the end result is her husband hate the church, hate the people at the church, and hate the pastor. 
Peter gave a perspective and a plan for the women of the church to follow in order to overcome the difficulty and win or influence their husbands to the Lord in the process. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about my parents and uh, my mother and her sisters. They were all saved, but they were all married and their husband weren't saved. Uh, you know, they, they didn't use quite this method, but uh, they, they, got in, they got them in. Amen. Uh, they got prayer cloths and put them in their underwear. <laughs> Anointing oil all on their stuff, you know. Anoint the lunch kit, everything, you know, all kind of oil everywhere, praying. They were praying. <laughs> they were like those people from Louisiana. They put some stuff on them. My, I remember my father telling me, say, I was riding the bus, and I was back there. I, could, I was just so tore up, and I was riding the bus, and then back on the back road, the motor was going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> so they said, we'll get them in. We'll get them in. Don't worry about it. We're going to get them in. They, them women would go in that prayer closet. They stay in there. You come in. All of them got saved one at a time, and all of them started pastoring. All those husbands got saved and started pastoring. They, they had no choice. But I'm not going to put that on y'all because y'all ain't going to pray like that. They got to the throne of God. God, bring him in. Make him uncomfortable. Keep him up. Wake him up in the middle of the night. Oh, God. He said, they couldn't eat. They couldn't do nothing. So y'all can either do that or do what Peter is going to tell you to do. <laughs> they got them in. And 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 says, why? In the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Well, let me just share with you, for those of you who've just read that or who are listening to that and in your mind is saying, what? That's what you're saying. I already heard it all the way up here. <laughs> After singling out the other groups of believers, Christian household slaves, and exhorting them to be submissive to their masters and to patiently endure unjust punishment, Peter addresses another class of Christian here, and that are the Christian wives who had unsaved husbands. Look at what he says. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your own husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word. Wives, be in the same way. In the same way, be submissive to your own husband. What way is that? The expression, in the same way, refers back to the two previously mentioned examples of submission. Submit to the governing authorities, submit to 
the masters, we talked about that, the household slaves and their masters. It wasn't a support of slavery. He's saying, we're not arguing about the institutions or the way things are set up. We're saying, if you're in that situation, this is how you need to function. And then he says, wives, in the same way, be submissive to your own husband. I was thinking about that this morning. I says, am I going to stand up there and say, wives, submit to your husbands, have them looking at me funny? I said, yes. How many of you have children? Do you want your children to submit to you or not? Anybody do not want your children to be submissive to the mother? You want them to be submissive. This is not an order of who has equality. It has an order of God's role for marriage and the functioning of those roles within the marriage context. Somebody got to be in charge. Somebody has to be the ultimate in charge. Now, you may not be in charge in our society, but God has an order of who he holds in charge. This is Jerry G. Martin. I certainly hope you've enjoyed this message as we have begun a series to speak to the heart of men. And we began by sharing with you from the scriptures what God says to the husband and to the wives in their relationship one with another. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our website at lowcf.org. I am inviting every man or every male to come and be our guest on this Sunday, February 11th. I know the country is getting ready for the big Super Bowl game, but we're going to have a football Sunday where we're going to share the message and the love of Jesus Christ in the context of football. I want you to come. If you have played football in middle school, high school, college, or professional, I want you to be my guest. We're going to pray for you whether you've played in the past or you're playing currently. Join us and we're going to ask God's blessings and goodness and favor over you. Wear your favorite team jersey and then stay around after service and we're going to have a tailgate out in our parking lot. There will be food, fun, and fellowship. It will be no cost to you. I want you to join us this Sunday, February 11th at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Umble Road. Come on out and be my guest. You will not regret it. God has something in store for you. Now, let me mention that the Beacon Bookstore is right here on our campus at the Light of the World. If you need Sunday school supplies, communion supplies, books, Bibles, and any kind of resource, you can call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now, for the Light of the World, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.